This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a thrice weekly show looking into the exciting happenings of Richard Champ Football Club, available on video and podcast. My name is Benjamin Bloomer. We will be here each and every Monday for this, the flagship show for sometimes irrelevant but always informative hour or more of football conversation. Make your Monday a Blue Monday. Mikey Penty-Smith, you're back. And how much do you love Skype? Oh, I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's your favourite way to spend a Sunday night pissing about it on is. Skype, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah. you're in you're in lovely Suffolk this weekend again. Yeah, um, I'm in Woodbridge at my parents' house. The kitchen table has been cleared, the gravy's gone, and I'm here to chat all things Millwall Lipswich. Beautiful. And making her debut on the Blue Monday podcast somewhere in the north, somewhere near Leeds. Am yep, I right? Just outside Leeds. Yeah, just outside. A place called Pudsey. Pudsey, like um, yeah. like the bear from um, BBC Children in Need. How are you doing, Amy? I'm all right, thank you. I uh, just got back from London a few hours ago. Um, really, really struggling with the hangover. But um, I was fine until after the game. And then I texted my boyfriend and said, uh, please can get me a large glass of wine ready for when I get off the train, <laughs> which he did. And it was followed by several more. <laughs> so let's clear this up now. Is Flynn Downs your brother, your father or your uncle? Do you know, I think I'm just going to start telling people, yes, he's my son, because everybody says, are you related to him? No, they're, they're no, going to want they're going to want free tickets. And Mikey, great goal for <laughs> yes. um, Rotherham yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's your I second mean, of the season. Your big yeah, lumber and shit. <laughs> as soon as uh, the third goal went in, I left straight up. Scored for Rotherham. Unbelievable. Right. Guys, no, we've got to be serious because there's something really important to do. Now, I made a very important decision last year, an executive podcast decision, um, that after six years, partly because it amuses me and partly because we were fed up of talk about him, that he should not be named other than the previous manager. Well, as of Thursday, (laughs) he is no longer the previous manager. I've, I've written in, written into government. I've run this up the flagpole. And I am hereby 
reinstating, I'm going to say Mick McCarthy. There we go. He is no longer the previous manager. It was emotional. But quickly as well, quick aside, something else that was emotional. Um, Congratulations to Joe Fez, ITFC aficionado, academy football expert, football manager, statistician, Blue Monday podcaster. He has had a baby. So his body works excellently. Well done, Joe. Tweet him at Joe Fez to say congratulations. Right. This is a ridiculous week. There is lots to talk about. We've got to go back to Leeds. So, Amy, you were at Leeds and Millwall. Mikey, you were at Millwall. I was at Leeds and Millwall. We have got this covered. Um, And then we're going to get into Hurst. Then we're going to get into Lambert. Then we're going to get into Millwall. And there's lots to talk about. A billion questions. So um, just the seven changes here. Perhaps the straw that broke um, the camel's back, if you believe in that sort of thing. Um, Amy, I'm going to read out this team. Just just give me your give me your thoughts uh, when you saw this one uh, come out. So Bialkowski was back in goal. Knudsen was back at left back. Pennington went centre-half and Ciala dropped. Chambers centre-half. Spence, out of nowhere, back in over Danassian. Nolan's back and he's on the right of midfield in a 4-4-2. Skews is still there. Um, Amy, your nephew Flynn Downs was back. Uh, that joke's never going to get old, is it? Uh, Teco <laughs> Eden out of nowhere, back from um, being bombed out. Caden Jackson back up front. Freddie Sears. Um, what? Why the seven changes? And what were your thoughts on this? Well, I think he needed to put um, make a point after QPR, and he did say he was going to make changes. But it was a ridiculous number. It was far too high. Um, in terms of individual players, I actually... So when we went, uh, before we went to the game, some of the Ipswich fans, my friends, came and met me before at my local pub. And they were sat opposite me in the table. And there was my dad, who this is his first game of the season because he lives in Cornwall. There was my friend Martin, my friend Ant. And they were all sat opposite, like elbows on the table, just why are we bothering? Why everybody was just dreading it. There was no way we were expecting anything than a defeat on Wednesday. So with that in mind, it was quite good. It was fairly, you know, we were less than awful and we were expecting awful. So that's okay. Do you know what I mean? But then you get to the point where you think, when we're just not as bad as we thought we were going to be, that's not a nice place to be in. Um, So actually, given how good leads are this year, I think the boys sort of, you know, could come away with their heads fairly high um, because I think they performed well. I think their defence was calm. um, And although Leeds were clearly too good for us, they still sort of kept a bit of control over it. And I thought they made some nice tackles and so on to sort of dumb them down and stop what could have and probably should have been five or six nil. Um, Bart was absolutely superb. I think three or four my major saves that really really helped it not be five or six nil um and then so for me it was the defense that played well the rest of it honestly the rest of the team completely unnoticed I didn't I thought Sears I don't even remember him doing anything I got I looked at the stats earlier and we had three shots on goal all game um and it just felt I mean I'm surprised it was even that many to be honest um so yeah I was I was less disappointed than I thought I was going to be and it was clear that Leeds are an absolute like league ahead of us so it's scary that we are still in the same league and we need to be at some point in our lives we need to be able to compete with clubs like them are they are they championship quality then yeah <laughs> 
absolutely they'll, they'll be up there I, I won't be surprised if they win the league to be honest I think they are going to be the best team that I see this year they was they were very good and I hate saying that um, I really don't like Leeds <laughs> Mikey seven changes standard Hurst end of rain performance um, your thoughts yeah I mean he had to make changes um, but yeah seven you, you you don't do that it was just unless it was one of those where he, he did say that we had a better chance of getting some points out of the Millwall game but it didn't look like he was resting players not really I know I know Edwards doesn't play in the midweek he doesn't start in the midweek if he's played uh, from the start uh, over the weekend but yeah, that that team that he put out, that was that was never that was never going to go particularly well. But maybe it was damage limitation in some ways, and two 0 away at Leeds would have <laughs> sounds sad, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But we'd have probably taken that before the game. Yeah, Definitely. I I agree with both of you. I think this, but this is the this is the typical pattern this season. We were actually in the game. We weren't being blown away, and then quick switch of play and Hernandez crosses in for Roof for the first goal and then it's like then it drops a little level and then you come out second half and you think right let's stay in it and try and get something back and then just a really crap goal from another from another set play and then Amy yeah then Amy you're right um Bart at the end two good saves and Alioski hits the post um now I was up the top in the other stand um being um a snob like I like to be. Um, was it noticeable, Amy, in the Ipswich stand? I heard afterwards Chris Doig wasn't there at all. Is that right? And Hurst was on his own. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't notice Doig. Um, no, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's not something I noticed. Sorry. <laughs> but what you must have noticed is you could see that Hurst was just kind of motionless, arms folded in his little in his little puffer coat. I think. I think he knew the game was up, didn't he, at that point? Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. Um, and as he was walking off the pitch, I mean, actually, fair play to the 400 fans that were there. They got... Oh, we're having a lovely time tonight, aren't we? Technical problems, but we are back. Amy's, like, upstairs now by the magic of the internet. Mikey, just to close out the Leeds, um, the Leeds thing, dead man walking... Um, and away we go to Thursday, and it's just incessant all day, isn't it? He's going to go, he's going to go, he's going at one o'clock, there's a press conference coming. He's going tomorrow, he's going on on Monday, the next day. Um, so sooner or later, it comes out. And it's actually the Sun get there, get there first, the ever-reliable, super sore away Sun. Was it not the Mirror? Or Was it the Mirror? Those I one, think it was the Mirror. One yeah. of those, one of those rags. Yeah. There we go. Um, sorry, the mirror. Um, get there first, and not only this. Is, I'm sure the club were quite pleased about this because they um, didn't have to announce the um, the second bit. Not only did they say Paul Hurst would be going, um, Paul Lambert would be coming in as well. Uh, Stuart Watson confirmed it for the EADT straight after, um, and then the club's Twitter broke it. So we talk about Lambert separately in a minute, Mikey. Um, we had, a, we had a great show. We must plug um, Rich, Harry and Dave have done loads on Hearst. So we'll, we'll gloss over that and we'll talk more about Lambert. Check that out in the in the podcast feed. The emergency uh, pod. 
<laughs> the emergency pod that gets called every the break glass in emergency. Um, Mikey, where did where did it go wrong for Hurst? Just quickly for you. Uh, sorry if I'm copying what other people have already said, but I think it might have been Harry that said he took a sledgehammer to the team. Um, he probably wasn't to know when he came in that he was going to have to sell Webster, Waghorn straight away. And then and then for Garner to go on transfer deadline day, I think that was actually maybe, I, that may have been his mistake. Maybe Garner wanted to go. Um, I thought he came in, he was a little bit, I know he was trying to get his own ideas across and let, let it be known that nobody's safe because that was one of the complaints of the Mick McCarthy era is that too many of the players were safe in the team. They knew no matter how they played, they'd still get picked. But you should have tried to get the senior players on board a little bit more. And I never liked the motivational quotes. That he was <laughs> I knew you were going to mention the, the motivational quotes. Do you think they're going to paint like over them. them? Yeah, well, some days you're the statue and other <laughs> days you're the pigeon. A good idea is a good idea forever. Yeah. And if you want a rainbow, you have to put up with the rain. Desiree. Oh, my God. It's brutal. Amy, where did it go wrong for Paul Hurst? Uh, completely agree, Mikey. Um, I find it really scary to think. Yeah. No, no, we're good. But the, um, I think you're absolutely right. It was the sledgehammer. It's really scary to think that 12 months ago, we were, a lot of us were saying um, we're only a few players away from a decent side, from a promotion side. And then all of a sudden we're, we're bottom of the league and three points adrift. It's re- that's terrifying. Um, I know he didn't have, we don't know and we don't think that he had much to do with the players leaving. I still think if I'd have been Marcus Evans, I would have just opened the checkbook and said to Waggy, what do you want? Stay, we'll pay you it because we couldn't afford to lose him and we have. Um, but the other players, he didn't have anything. He said, I think I heard him say, um, Didsy wasn't even on the list of personnel that he got given. Oh, I can so believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was done. He'd had his time with us and naturally is now playing very well for Forest, as you would expect, as everybody seems to do once they've left us. But I just think it was a fairy tale. It, it would have been such a nice story if we'd have managed to do it, um, you know, to prove everybody wrong. You don't need money. You just need passion and players that want to win for the team because, Actually, sadly, we've proven everybody right and we're gonna he's gonna need to start spending. Well wow. can you remember when that Guion Edwards header went in against Blackburn? Oh, as high as a kite. Yeah, high as yeah. a kite. This I was is like, brilliant. Oh my god, this is happening. <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh. We're gonna... No, I was genuinely like, <laughs> yeah. My God, we I was emotional. We're top was... top six here. Brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. If we're all pulling in the same direction I can't remember what that one is I can't even do that um Mikey so the replacement gets announced in the same thing and it's former Wickham Colchester Villa Blackburn Wolves and Stoke manager now have I missed anything out there um it used to play for Celtic didn't it and Dortmund that's it and former Norwich manager league winner my goodness me, oh, Champions yeah, League. He only had yeah. one season at, at Dortmund, didn't he? He did well, didn't he? Yeah, um, not a bad season. Yeah. Not a bad season to be there. Lars Ricken. Always remember watching that when I was a kid. I would have been 15. God, time flies. Um, I talk- would have been five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, talk to me about Paul Lambert, young Mikey. Um, so, yeah, Paul Lambert. When I first found out, I thought, oh, God, no. Paul Lambert, 
and everyone was taking the mickey out of me at work oh you've got Paul Lambert in um but then when I actually sat and thought about it the a lot of the other options or the, the managers that were getting mentioned Alan Pardew Tim Sherwood Sam Allardyce no, Sam, well I, I don't think we'd have got Sam Allardyce but I think it it may well work out and Lambert has he did a pretty good job at Wolves in a similar-ish kind of position but I tell you what I mean I, I'm exaggerating slightly but if he does keep us up they're gonna have to find space for another statue <laughs> because that that is the size of the task that he's got ahead of him it's just unbelievable and if if the rumors are true that he is getting 10 million pounds to spend I don't know I don't know what players we can go for I don't know who would be interested in coming to us that would that would be really good because Premier League players even if they're not playing, they're not going to go to a relegation favourite if they think they might end up in League One. <laughs> We've already got a team full of League One and League Two players. So then what are you looking for? Championship players that aren't getting in the, the teams of our rivals? I, I just don't know. I just think it's a near impossible job for him, but he will be getting paid really well for it. So fair play to him. And, um, yeah. and you know what? I'm, I don't mind the bloke. And I think... It's probably the centre. It might not be the, the manager that we want, but it possibly is the one that we need. I think we're going to come into the supposed 10 million, which we may or may not materialise. Um, probably War not. chess. <laughs> War chess, yeah, really. Um, when we get to the questions. Um, Amy, your first thoughts on Paul Lambert? Well, I over the summer when he was one of the names that's being thrown about, I was like, please, God, no, because our fan base is so split. It was so like before McCarthy had gone, obviously, everybody was just so fed up. I just thought, oh, my God, that's just going to pile more misery on. But we are, I think, as a fan base in a different place now because everybody was up for change and you know we, we're all ready for the next era now, the new era now that um, McCarthy's gone. I think he's the right choice. We need, there is no way, no, there is no getting away from the fact that we need somebody who is experienced in this league and can save us from relegation, that uh, it can't happen. Us going down just can't happen. So I think he was the right choice. Whether he'll be the right choice then going forward, who knows, but do we care? We just need to make sure we're safe and stable like McCarthy's done. Do you know what I mean? Um, I thought Stuart Watson made a really good point earlier um, in his Sunday Verdict article where he said that um, Lambert is well known for developing players from lower leagues and making them into good championship players like Houlihan and Grant Holt as much as I hate to say use them as nice examples Grant Holt is incredible and if he can do that with some of the league one players we might still get the happy ending to the story it's just that we need the experience I think the club actually deserve a lot of credit for giving Hurst the chance and then also for pulling the trigger when they needed to because I think they did they did make the right decision but I'm all right I'm happy about Lambert I was very very pleased that there was so much positive chanting about him on Sunday I thought it was going to be pretty I didn't know what the reaction was going to be that there was a lot of Paul Lambert is a blue on the train and stuff like that so mm, interesting and it's just it's just baffling this because we're now having this conversation where my answers are going to be okay you now need to do the things that Mick McCarthy was doing six years yeah. ago when he, and it's like please God it's not going to be another I don't know six years to get back to the point we were 
in the summer. But hey, there'd be a playoff season in the in the in the middle of that if we did. Anyway, look, we're going to come to the questions in a bit, so I'm sure there'll be more Lambert talk there. Um, in between Hurst going and Lambert coming. Um, is the funeral of the man that David David Diamond describes as the greatest ever ITFC player, Kevin Beattie. Um, the procession goes along Portman Road. Lots of um, supporters in attendance. Um, Mikey, n- nice job by all concerned here, I think. Yeah, they did a really good job. And it was also, it was good that they got the Paul Hurst stuff out of the way on Thursday so they could concentrate on this on Friday and, it looked it looked great. It really did. Loads of people out there, and it wasn't a nice day. Um, but yeah, great send off for a great bloke. And Amy, I think I think Mikey's right. It looks like someone said, "Hold on a minute, don't announce this tomorrow." Um, even if we're do, we're doing all the doing all the signing of contracts and whatnot today, leave, leave it off for for the for the beat. Your thoughts on BE, Amy? Um, love the guy. I was having a nice chat. Obviously, I think everybody can say that. I was having a nice chat with my dad about it on um, uh, Wednesday when he came to watch the Leeds game with me, and so many happy memories. And I think whoever you talk to, they have got happy memories of BT. Um, years ago, I helped organise a charity football match, and um, BT got involved and was the manager of one of the sides. So he was coaching all the young lads, and he didn't just turn up and pose for photos. He got involved. He gave them all. He went round after the game and gave them all a bit of advice. Um, and then after the game, I went into the bar and had a had a pint with the beat, which was incredible. And uh, I walked into the room, and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, "Blimey, you're tall. You could play in defence for Ipswich." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't think it can get any better than that." I've been told I should be a defender for by, by the beat. So, um, it, lovely, absolutely lovely. And I think the the tributes that have been paid to him must be some kind of comfort for the family this week. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Um, so. That said, on Saturday morning, as promised, keeping up with this timeline now, Paul Lambert is announced, although I just think it was a case of schedule, tweet and and go. I think everything had been done on on Friday. And I think we've all watched this because we're all Ipswich Town nerds, but you do have to stop and take a, a look at how ridiculous this is. From the moment McCarthy says he's leaving to the ridiculous shit show that was to Klug to Hurst coming and going and then if you just said all of that's going to happen and you're going to be sat there and on Tuesday Paul Lambert the ex-Norwich manager is going to be doing a, a press conference where and I I've, I found I just found Paul Lambert funny because he could have just won like 5-0 away at Man City and oh they run through brick walls for me I'm Ringo and I play digital. I can only do one one voice but he just seemed so dour but so I'm looking forward to see what um Stuart and the guys can get out of him in the press conference. We do seem to like a dour sounding manager though don't we because Paul Hurst was so he's quite a miserable yeah. sounding bloke as well wasn't he even when he was optimistic at the start and this is he now always Paul, sounded so downbeat now isn't it his third his it third is. Paul um so uh, Lambert brings with him uh, assistant Stuart Taylor, first team coach Matt Gill, fitness coach Jim Henry. And those four, like the rest of us, made their way down to South London with over 2,000 <laughs> Ipswich fans to see um, Ipswich play uh, Millwall. Um, this just had a sense of get it out the way. We'll, ha- we'll have to talk to Mrs. Nuts, but I think the TV term is this was a bottle episode. Yeah. Get it done as cheaply as possible. Don't bring any of the big stars in and start work properly on Monday. So um, 
Brian Klug in charge. Um, we enjoyed him at Forest and at Reading last year. Not so much at home to Villa. Oh, and the Middlesbrough game was great, wasn't it? Um, and we know Brian Klug likes likes his three at the back, doesn't he? So here we go again. Bielkowski in goal. Chalaber, Chambers, Pennington on the left-hand side, the right footer. Hmm, see how that turns out. Uh, Knudsen left wing back. <laughs> you, you, you said on WhatsApp, Mikey, he loves Ward at right wing back. There he goes, Ward in at right wing back. Uh, um Amy's dad, Flynn Downs, uh, Skews and Dizelle in midfield. Sears and Jackson up front. Mikey, 3-5-2, uh, that line-up. Did it matter? Was everybody just waiting for Monday morning? Well, no, because I thought it was a it was a big game and a good chance to get a point on the board. Because Millwall aren't... They're not particularly good this season, I don't think. And I, I was with a Millwall fan... Uh, that I'm mates with before the game. And he, he was saying, oh, I fully expect today to be nil-nil. And he'd come down from Warrington. Ouch. For the game. Wow. I mean, partly for the game, partly to to see some of his mates. But And I said, no, it won't, because we can't defend set pieces. There's no, <laughs> no spoilers here. But I didn't think it would be nil-nil. But I did think this is a good chance to, to get a point on the board. But we may have had a clue in the dugout but we were certainly clueless on the pitch that's lovely that is lovely i'm going to applaud right amy let's just sort this out because there's been loads of rubbish on social media so we sat down before the game and the guy comes <sighs> on the um public address system and gives these following instructions once once to fifteen thousand people uh lots of whom have been drinking and many of whom aren't yet in the stand um Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> he says um we're going to have a remembrance minute silence, but what's going to happen is the bugle is going to play, then we'll do the minute silence, then the bugle is going to play again, and then the referee's whistle will signal the end of the uh, remembrance thing. And that is said uh, once. Um, so, Amy, what the hell happens next? And um, I wasn't in the Ipswich stand. I was um, I was right near Paul Lambert, actually. Um, what, what's your view from the, um, from the Ipswich stand here? Because we've been getting a lot of pelters on Twitter from the Millwall fans well first off it's the 27th of October why are we doing a minute silence no I know why it's because they haven't got a home game but nobody walked in there expecting there to be a minute silence before the game so that for a start was like well, why are we doing it I think that added to the confusion there was no disrespect around me everybody was um, doing it and then a few people started clapping after the bugle had played which the, every, everyone then joined in including Millwall fans and players and the players, they the all ref. unlinked. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then during the minute silence, when everybody calmed back down again, realised they weren't supposed to be talking at this point, there were still Ipswich fans being fed into the ground. You know what it's like at Millwall. It takes forever to get through. It takes a while because mainly because of the trains, you get held up because you're shepherded like cattle into the den. So they didn't know. They were coming in singing chants because they were arriving in the ground or they were down in the bar finishing their pints. But then you get the Millwall fans shouting the C word at the Ipswich fans during the minute silence. And you just think just quiet because there was Ipswich fans shushing them and they stopped. So if they just left it at that, it would have been fine. But the thing, the problem was the Millwall fans aggra- aggravating it. And then, of course, you've got the clever boys that think, think they're funny, like sticking their middle finger up at the Millwall fans, even though they're miles away from them. Um, and it just, it made it 
worse and yes it was sad that it happened but there is not one person there that did it out of disrespect and I think it's ridiculous the amount of people including our own fans who are on social media at the moment saying oh it's really disrespectful these people died for us well yes of course everybody wanted to pay their respect there is not any person who did it because we're malicious drunken football fans it was just confusion no no I I, I, but at the same time and I agree with everything you said, Amy, but I actually did hear fans a few rows behind me just started chanting because they just thought, oh, it's kind of fallen flat now. Let's just get on with it. And yeah. that was the only bit where I was like, oh, my God, come on. It, <laughs> I understand there was people outside coming in and being a bit loud. The staff outside should know that the minute silence is happening. Yeah. I don't know whether they did and just said quiet because this is going on but the Ipswich fans that start clapping and things like that you know that the I didn't I was in the stand and I didn't properly hear the tunnel announcements that's fair enough but you know that the whistle blows you you stay silent and then and then well, wait until the whistle blows again I think two things should be mentioned as well Mikey is that um before this all started, everyone went silent before the whole thing had started. So it had been yeah, silent for 30 true. seconds before it started. And the other thing you might not have been able to see from the Ipswich stand, yeah. there was a Millwall lady representative on halfway when the bugler stopped, was waving her hands. as, And I think a lot of people interpreted that as, OK, we're going to do a minute's applause. What I will say is, and I was saying this to Mikey um, uh, off air, I work in a school for badly behaved children and I've been told by my headmaster that if I don't give proper instructions to a group of people who are likely to be volatile, that's on me, not on the people that that go volatile. So if you want to do the buglers, fine, just do that. If you want to do the silence or the applause, fine. But I think you need to realise managing a crowd is is tricky um, and the instructions needed to be clearer. That said... On behalf of the podcast, anyone who was offended, um, we apologise. And um, I think it was just a massive, <laughs> just a bloody mess, like like yeah. some of the Ipswich defending we're about to talk about. But I'm 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 not having the accusation that um, there were people deliberately chanting over it, which we have seen um, before many many years ago. So um, right, anyway, on to the game. Scrappy first fifteen. Um, Millwall are getting up the pitch, but it's just long balls up to um, Big Elliot. Um, and then standard for this season, we're in the game and 26 minutes. Mikey, do you want to take us through this corner on the right-hand side and yet again, without doing anything particularly much, we're losing? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, so I remember being an in-swinging corner. We could pre-record these, bit... couldn't we? Well, yeah, <laughs> and there was yeah. a corner and it went in the box and, and then there was a goal. You, look at the, you look at the player's body language and there is panic every time. Yeah. No matter who we're playing against, the Millwall are actually big physical side. In swing corner comes in, and then there was a back post header. Someone heads Cooper. it back across. Cooper, yeah. And it loops. So you think, somebody go and attack it. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. 
NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Spence and Skew, no, not Spence, sorry, not this time. Chambers and Skews seem to be in a some sort of bugger's muddle. They like they both just seem to be wrapped up in something and neither of them got a jump. Gregory took a touch and then swiveled and flicked it into the He's goal. He's clever though, and there Mikey. Was a he, on the net. He, he, was knocks, he knocks Skews just... Knocks him in the back just as he's about to header yeah. it. But how often does that happen to Skews? Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm it, just saying it and, was a yeah. nice, clever bit of... It was, a, yeah. A, a kind of too. not foul that was... They knew, what they, they knew what they were up against. Elliot kept going over to Pennington because he knew that he had the beating of him in the air. It's not... I know we were playing a back three, so technically you're playing three centre-backs, but Chambers is best in the air out of the three of them. Elliot wasn't beating Chambers. A, and Mikey, they were putting Skews in front of... Elliot, so he was like, he was sandwiched, and that seemed to be working quite well at the start. But then you're right, he just moved over to yeah. Pennington, didn't he? There we go. Good finish. <laughs> good, good finish. Nicely done by Gregory. But uh, so we're behind again from a set play. Mill will have a couple more chances at 1 0. Half time, Spence comes in for skews. Five minutes in the second half. Um, oh my God. Um, do you want to do this one, Amy? Throw in. Throw in down the left-hand side, and you can pick it up from there. <laughs> I can't because I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, no, I can't remember how it went in. I haven't seen the goal since. Sorry. Oh Christ! So it was it was a long <laughs> throw that you you obviously had a good evening yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a it was a decent long throw into a good area. Um, Spence is on at this point, and Spence is six foot four. And he decides to mark space and um, it got flicked on. And again, Gregory, really clever finish from him. Um, who was it? Was it Elliot, the one that header? <laughs> it was Cooper again. <laughs> Cooper again. Okay. Yeah, he so stands on the lesson. near post and just runs towards Leonard. Who, yeah, who it, was a clever, it. it was a clever move. It was almost like they'd practiced long throws on the <laughs> train. <ground. laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, and then... When you just think that it can't get any worse, and I've been, I've been bashing my head 
against the brick wall, trying to argue to people, keep telling me, oh, you've got too many League One players. So should we talk about our three times player of the year and our captain for <laughs> for this third goal? And oh, my God, this is one of the worst ones this season. And right, let's be honest here. Unless you know what was said between the two of them as that comes in, it's hard to apportion blame. Watching from the stand, you'd say, Bart can see everything. He should, that's his That's his remit. But you know when you're playing football, if two people call, sometimes you, <laughs> you just end up with two people. And it, it strikes me that both of them have called and then both of them have gone for it and neither of them have backed out. Bart gets a horrible punch, but... <laughs> Amy, I think it's quite a good finish, actually, in the end by Leonard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, Bart, there was like a massive contrast between how he was on Wednesday and how he was yesterday. Um, He kept punching the ball when he could have caught it. And there was certainly one of the goals. It was like, why didn't you catch it? Why are you flapping about and getting rid of it or or not getting rid of it, as the case was? For what it's worth, in terms of Chambers, I actually thought he spent most of the game covering for Knudsen. So, yeah, he was at fault for that goal, but he's probably knackered because he's having to run over onto the left-hand side of the pitch all game to try and cover for Knudsen. I like him. You're never going to get me criticising him for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mikey, whose fault was that, Bartz or Chambers? Both of them. They both have to take responsibility for that. That's just that's just the way it is. Um, because to be fair, if Bart has called for it, then if the keeper's calling for it, they've got to come out and clatter you. And to be fair, that's exactly what he did. He yeah. just didn't get a particularly good punch. And it was maybe a little bit, it was a bit of a freak finish. It was a good finish, but... We do get punished eight times for out these of 10, they brain don't farts, go don't we? Yeah. yeah. We say that, but there was one or two other chances that fell Mill's way and I thought if we could have easily have conceded more from set pieces and on yeah, throws I thought particularly that Hutchison one in the first half where he manages to somehow put it wide but not um, into the path of Cooper or Elliot who are running in anyway look it was a game that needed to be got out of the way it was pretty pretty gnarly um, quick summary on Millwall from you Amy um, I find it really weird that we played fairly decently-ish by our standards on Wednesday and then yesterday we just capitulated. Um, if you'd have asked me which team was going to score more goals, it, it would have been Leeds, not Millwall. The, Millwall are bottom half the table. These are the games that we need to be winning. Matt Holland said on TalkSport, the next four games are vital. They probably won't get anything out, out of Leeds, but the three, the following three you've got to be getting something out of and we're now two games into that four game run before the international break and we haven't got anything out of them and it is scary and I I, I don't see when we're next going to pick up the points uh, confidence maybe is obviously still a major problem maybe the fact that they've had two games in a row all the different changes the inconsistent side at the moment it's all it's all making this mess basically um, I think they just need to you know, go back to the drawing board and start again, draw a line under it all and start again on Monday. Mikey, right, uh, quick um, summing up. So, of Millwall. so for me, I, I thought back to um, when we went to the den um, in Mick McCarthy's first full season, I think it was Holloway's first game. We lost one nil Millwall scored with a cross. And I walked away that day absolutely furious because we played so badly on Saturday, I walked away from the ground feeling quite sad because I thought it's not that we played badly, it's that we're just 
the players just aren't good enough. There's not enough quality, especially going forwards. We're obviously defending badly and we're low on confidence, but where where were the goals in that team? I like yeah. that. I liked the idea of that midfield three of Downs, Dazel, and Skews. There's not many goals in that midfield three. And then we've got Sears playing up front with Jackson. And if Jackson had confidence when he came here, he certainly doesn't look like he has it anymore. No, he He's plays, taking two or three touches yeah, to get the really ball under now. Um, and he, he got in a few good positions, actually, Jackson. It seemed to be like whenever we went forward in the first half, it was Jack. And then it was just like we said so many times, one miscontrol, one bad pass, just lack of composure that... Um, you know, you really need to see. Um, Spence, sorry, Spence did something in the second half, which I'm a lanky right back. And when I'm really low on confidence, this is the sort of thing that happens to me. <laughs> Retripped over his own feet and kicked the corner flag. Oh, no. It, I just thought, oh, God, I didn't even shout at him. And I, so I was, <laughs> this is just so bad. He's so low on confidence. Right, guys, as you can imagine, we've got a zillion questions. And I'll ask you guys to answer concisely but it's hard sometimes isn't it um so let's try and get through as many of these as we can mikey which players do you think will stay uh sorry this is benjamin great name and i can't pronounce your surname benjamin e e r i e e y r i e y let's just say benjamin eerie um good good first name though irie aya aya maybe uh, which players do you think will stay under Lambert and which players do you think he's going to bomb out? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, because so many of our worst players are brand new. So how yeah. do you, what do you do? Can you get rid of them? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't think... <laughs> it's a hard question to answer now because we haven't seen the current players under Paul Lambert. Because some of them will become completely yeah. different players and think, oh, well, he's a different player to what he was under Paul Hurst. What with different instructions, and some, yeah. And some yeah. will think, what the hell was he signing in for? But, Mikey, um, surely if, sorry to interrupt, surely if Evans and Lambert's agreed to do the job, surely Lambert at some point has said, look, I'll assess the squad and I don't care if you just signed them for one million. If I don't think they're any good and that's what's... That's what's best for my what, team. I'm, just, but I'm thi- but not going to play them. Is that you know? They're going to be earning more money than what they can earn. Oh, yeah. You're never going to be able to sell them. Absolutely. Of. Yeah. Oh, so who will just not ever play? Yeah. Probably Harrison. Probably Jackson after January. Yeah. Um, Nolan, I still Something hope there, he will there, play. Yeah. Nciala, he might fancy him. He... He, he might know he, oh. he might never play again. Championship though, Mikey. Stay. We see some lumber in centre halves, and if yeah. they're just given simple instructions and and yeah. protected, yeah. they're they're fine. Here we go. Jordan Spence. He won't play. You don't think? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, Interesting. Yeah. After after Saturday's performance, I think Knutson might have to start <laughs> putting some putting some big performances in in training again. I think. Can I just stand up for him? I love Pennington, but yeah. um, in a three, a three-five-two, and you're going to play Nudson, you need to play him. I know we didn't yeah. have anyone else to play left wing. Yeah, back, if you're going to play three-five-two, play Knudsen left centre back. Yeah, that exactly. is literally his yeah. best position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that could have put Chalaber in midfield and. 
Pennington. But then there was no left wing back, was there? Because Kenlock's injured. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we know it's a mess. Uh, Amy, uh, this is Ollie. Who would you who would you have taken if Lambert wasn't currently available? If I had a wish list and I could have anyone, I'd have had Tony Mowbray, who is who I would have had when we let McCarthy go. Um, I think the link to the club. I think um, he's he's clearly doing well. I I would have had him. Of who's available, I really don't know. I think Lambert was the best of the bad bunch, to be honest. Mm, agreed, agreed. Um, Mikey, this is Adam. How the hell are we going to stay up? <laughs> I... <laughs> that was the partridge shrug. I look. Can, can I? Can I? Can I take that? Look. He needs to go in, and this is ridiculous because we talked about a new era. He actually needs to go in on Monday and say, right, completely clean slate. Any of you might be able to get in my team, and but it's going to have to be. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to concentrate. I want you to be able to defend set plays. I want you to run for me, and I want you to follow my simple instructions. And it's back to pragmatic. Mick Ball for a while, I think. Yeah. And we're going to have to, I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to start scoring from set pieces. Oh, God. And when we go through and the round, and, and them. Nick 1 0 wins, and Nick 1 1 draws. In the because we've got, to keep, we've got to stay alive until January. And yeah. you see Norwich go to Forest a week ago. Tight game, two set plays, closer, two goals. Bosch, and you've and you beat yeah. championship set plays are, are massive, aren't they? Amy, do we know if any of the sick notes are any nearer to being fit? Hughes, Bishop, Addy, Amy. Do they want to play or just pick up their wages? That was Sean. Um, I did. I'm sure I saw Town tweet that Hughes is close to return, which will be a massive difference. Um, no, of course they're not just picking up a pay packet. No player wants to be injured. Drives me mad when people said that about Didsy as well. He didn't want to be out for injury. Darren Bent's been talking about how much it affected him. I've got Kieran Dyer's book behind me at the moment about how much it affected him. No, they're not just picking up a pay packet. Um, hopefully Hughes will be back soon. I'm not too bothered about Bishop. I'd love him to do well, but it's Hughes for me. That's mm. that's the one. Agreed. He will make a massive difference. Um, You're going to fit in around here, Amy, with uh, that <laughs> that optimism about Emily Hughes. <laughs> yeah, pinning all we our hopes. We need some. Yeah. Um, Mikey, this is Adrian. Um, this is an interesting question. Are our kids really as good as we think? I worry we have, we may have overly hyped them. Um, I I sometimes think this as well um, because we do think they're good, but then there's other players of a similar age at other clubs that just seem to be that much more direct or quick or physical all, all of the youngsters we have they have their strengths and then they have quite obvious weaknesses as well Flynn Downs actually had an okay game yesterday but he he does give the ball away quite a lot he seems to have lax, lapses in concentration think he was better after skews went off um Quite possibly, but as I you know, when I, I left after seven minutes, <laughs> um, I, yeah, sorry about that. I, I did leave. I did leave early. Uh, my friends wanted to leave, and I thought, well, what, what, I, what would have happened if someone had taken it round nine players and put it in top corner, and we're all saying you've missed the greatest goal you've ever, ever seen, ever? Yeah, but it was a, it would have been a consolation goal, wouldn't it? So, Millwall might have scored right. it. <laughs> oh right yeah okay <laughs> no 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 they wouldn't have scored the greatest yeah. no no that's interesting i just mikey i'm going to mention bloody norwich again i just look at campwell lewis and aarons and i think if kenlock 
Emmanuel and Dazelle had, you know, just been shoved in and and given a go, would they be would they be that much worse? I I, I don't know. Maybe you just always assume that your youngsters are going to turn into the, the next thing. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Amy, yucky brain. Uh, what do you think about this 10 million war chest that was mentioned um, in the war sun? Chest. <laughs> so the thing is, he's going to need to give him at least five mil because that's what Hurst spent. And we basically got to replace what Hurst spent. Um, I just can't see him changing tact that massively. He's bought in Lambert because he's known for keeping people out of relegation. It's going to be another McCarthy, which is going to mean more freebies and loans. I wonder what Stephen Gleeson's up to. <laughs> um, Mikey, could Hurst have been a success without Doig? I know we've heard a lot of rumours that the um, the the question these are rumours. The questionable um, treatment of certain players um, came from big deputy Doig. If it if it's true that Doig was being like that with some of the players, then of course that didn't help. Um, but it wasn't. Chris Doig's aggression that signed Ellis Harrison and Caden Jackson to replace Martin Great. Waghorn and David McGoldrick and Joe Garner. And I'm not saying that's completely Paul Hurst's fault, but no, it, if it, if, if these rumours are true, obviously they didn't help, but I, that's not the reason we were, that's not the reason why our players aren't good enough. No, yeah. no, I think you got it. It, it wouldn't have helped with confidence. But. Um, Amy, this is Lewis. Um, same question I put to you guys midweek. Um, why has our club developed such a toxic fan base? Now, I don't know whether this is in relation to the um, all the infighting and the arguing over um, over Mick or this um, atmosphere that you get at some of the London games but what's your what's your view mm, is the fan base toxic Amy so I saw yesterday two fights I went to Millwall and the only fighting I saw was our own fans with each other it's ridiculous so I saw two there's another completely different fight on um, Ashley Simmons vlog from uh, match day vlog and then there's another one that um super fans I think tweeted me about earlier which was a lady and it well clearly not a lady <laughs> but a female fan um who was getting involved in a fight as well I've never seen anything like it I do think it's because it was a London game and they have a very different atmosphere but uh, the toxicity isn't about that it's about we have been in this league for 17 years. I've just written an article for Kings of Anglia where I pointed out that in that time I have graduated from uni, I've moved up north, <laughs> I've I've had three long-term relationships, I've bought a house, I've had various jobs and I'm now engaged to be married in a couple of years and in that, probably even still by the time I get married in 2020 we'll still be in the championship. It's boring, it's frustrating, and you go to games and you think, why the hell am I still doing this? So, of course, there's, you know, and then you've got some of the fan base wanting to be positive to try and help back the team. But then the other half of the fan base who are thinking, well, no, I'm fed up and I want to be able to voice my frustrations. Nailed it. Yeah. Get both. Great <laughs> answer. Great answer. Um, Mikey, this is Stephen. Um, I'm really worried nine games till the transfer window opens. I could see us being cut adrift. What is an acceptable gap, assuming there is a gap, uh, come January the 1st when we can when we claw it back? I guess there'll be, with Christmas as well, I guess there'll be 26 games probably gone by, by January the 1st. So you're looking at 20 games remaining. Um, to, we've, got to play, we've got to play 
how many games have we got to play until January? Um, I guess there must be another eight or ten, mustn't there? Okay. And how many points do we offer at the moment, Ben? Forgive me, because um, I haven't looked at I've the got table. The, I've got the extrapolation. We're, we're five points adrift now. Of, we're five um, points adrift. Okay. If we're more, if we're more than nine points adrift, I think we're down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but it can change. It can change. Like we. I'd but, be scared if we're still five points adrift. To be honest, I'd I'd be really worried. I take given... five points at the moment, though. I know I would be I would True. be scared like you, but I would probably take five points adrift uh, at the moment. And we said, I think Dave said a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember Burton a couple of years ago got ten points in four games, like in like April or something, and all of it they'd been crap all season, and all of a sudden three wins and a draw in four, and they. Um, but that team that we've got can't do that. Not at the moment, no. Um, God, are we really worse than that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Amy, with the current squad, would we realistically get out of League One if stroke when relegated? We've seen a few teams, uh, Wigan, Blackburn, go down and, and come straight back. Mm-hmm. Rotherham. Rotherham. The thing is, it's not an easy league to get out of. And just like the championship, it isn't an easy league and we would probably need to spend. But we're going to have a low, we're going to have lower gates with presumably lower prices. So we're going to have less money coming in. Um, it, it scares me. It absolutely terrifies me, the thought of us going down, because I think we'll do a Coventry or Portsmouth rather than doing a Wigan or um, even flipping Rotherham and managing to, so I know they go down every year, but they come up on the uh, on the next one, don't they? So I, do, I just, I don't know. I really don't know. And also you have to think if we go down to League One, people like, I know they've both taken a bit of a ribbing this podcast, Nudson and um, Nudson, Chambers, Scoose, but those four, our backbone of the team, are going to go. There's no way we'll have them. Absolutely. And... Um, this is Muller, Mikey. If Lambert has 10 million to spend, um, is it now time to see what Europe um, has to offer? We never saw Mick or um, Hurst, and we assume Lambert's got, and he was only in Germany yeah. for one year, Scottish contacts as well. Um, is it about time? Yeah. Because like like I was saying earlier, who who do we sign from the English leagues? Because uh, yeah, maybe the European players don't won't have championship experience, and that is clearly what we're missing. But what decent players of championship experience would come to a doomed? I'm not saying we are doomed, but in the eyes of the league table, we will be a doomed championship team probably. Um, so yeah, we probably do need to be looking at Dutch leagues, French leagues. And the um, only way, Mikey, sorry to interrupt. Larson Torre and <laughs> The only way you can rig that is a really good loan, isn't it? And yeah. pay the wages to, yeah, I see Tom Lawrence. Um, he's playing really well for Derby now. And yeah. obviously we had Ryan Fraser. Ryan didn't Fraser. Use, um, yeah. Even Selena um, used in a in a different way. I think that's the only way. that, if you, if you look back further a player like Jimmy Bullard would be really good at DJ the moment. Campbell. Yep. Yeah, DJ yeah. Campbell. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the only Coke way up, you're going to rig it where you get a player who's, you know, really good. I don't know, like top eight quality championship, isn't it? Um, interesting. Um, this is Ben Dawkins and this is directed at me. Which league one ground are you most looking forward to visiting Ben? And will your YouTube's reviews be of League One games <laughs> instead? Um, how how are the views? Do, do League One grounds have nice big stands with plush middle tiers where I can sit on the halfway line? I don't think. <laughs> does, has Scunthorpe got one of them? 
um, Bradford does if if they stay. Oh, I've up. done that one. I've done that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think uh, I know relegation is a is a disaster, but um, like Amy was saying about the sheer tedium of. I mean, how many times have I been to Forest and Derby? Mm. I know then, but but think we'll. Be I know, playing, I know, I know. We'll I be know. playing these teams at home as well on a Tuesday yeah, night. No, I know. Road. And there'll be eight thousand there. And then even if, even if we are challenging at the top of the table at the end of the season, we'll only get about twenty thousand in the ground. And how sad is that? Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of northern teams as well, so it'd be a lot of travelling for you. It'd be great for me, but <laughs> having to travel up north on a cold Tuesday night—it's not really what you want, is it? No, um, Amy. This is Steve Thompson. This is interesting question again about the. Um, the fans um what are your thoughts on self-deprecating chance we lose every week we're going down we're effing shite um counterproductive or acceptable fan frustrations i think anybody who follows me on twitter will know that i'm really not a fan of those songs um but it, um the gallows humor is the only thing that keeps you going when you're sat in bellend road and the leeds fans are just constantly chanting coming back with a you're nothing special we lose every week and getting a round of applause from their fans for that it's a bit of fun the one I didn't like at Leeds was you're getting sacked in the morning all right they were absolutely spot on but I I just don't think that's fair Um, and I'd rather have the gallows humor than the you know singling out players and swearing and abusing them like some people did with Mick so I think we've just got to go with it and again people have their right to vent their frustrations um, Mikey, uh, last one here. Uh, Simo, we've seen a few tweets, tweets saying Chambers should be dropped. Thoughts on this? Um, well, I actually think that that would be a bad idea, despite not being a massive fan of Luke Chambers, the footballer, because he is Luke Chambers, the captain, and he's a great example. And and. <laughs> He doesn't have to play well. He doesn't have to be a brilliant player to have an impact on those around him. And we'd be replacing him with Enciala or I suppose Pennington or even Charlebert. And they've all got their problems as centre-backs anyway. Mm. Um, and then you'd, you'd just be going down the route of showing Chambers that nobody's safe from being dropped. And I think we've done that with enough of our senior players. Didn't go well last time, did it? Um, thank you, everybody who um, tweeted questions in. We don't always get to read all of them. There is no scientific formula to how they get chosen. So I'm very, very sorry if I didn't read your tweet. I must apologise to um, James, actually. I think, was this last week or the week before? James Monk sent a really good tweet and it wasn't on the thread. And then I said, can you add that to the questions thread? And then I didn't read it, even after he'd done that. So, um <laughs> But we do really, really appreciate them. Keep keep tweeting them in, and it's it's. I literally scroll up, and I don't know whatever order Twitter puts them in. We go on um, at Blue Monday ITFC, obviously there. Right here we go. Let's do some rounding up. Um, Mikey Sheffield United four, Wigan two. Um, Billy Sharp hat trick. Sheffield United go top. Um, I don't think anybody wants to win this league. <laughs> no, I think you're right. It's it's. It's crazy how well Sheffield United are doing. I know that they started really well last year, but they're they're very much a workman-like championship team. They're similar to what we were 
um, the season that we made the playoffs. And I think that is eventually where they'll end up. But just goes to show if you've got an old fashioned centre forward like Billy Sharp, he scored a hat trick. Yeah. Knows where the goal is. He's not particularly quick. He just gets himself in the right positions. Like we need a striker like that, or a striker like Joe Garner, who scored for Wigan. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that's me being flippant again, but that is the type of centre forward that we need badly at the moment. Somebody that can actually get the ball to stick a little bit, and and also even though. It, I know that he was much maligned for how much time he spent on the deck. That would really take the pressure off us at the moment. If when we get into the final third, we can get a free kick every now and again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Amy, Leeds won, Forest won. Leeds would have, um, I don't know, gone to the Supreme Court of Human Rights if this goal was scored against them. But Kemar Roof completely handballing it in from on the on the goal line. Um Leeds, Leeds going to finish in the top two? Yeah, without doubt. Without doubt. I hate I hate it. Obviously, living here, I've got quite a few friends who are Leeds fans and they're just, the way um, their mood has just flipped. And I don't think they, they were expecting to be this good this year. But Leeds have finally got it right. They've got a, they've got a manager that's doing right, um, doing what they wanted, giving people time. Um, it's just all changed and fair play to them. I think they, uh, from what I saw on Wednesday, they deserve to be the ones that go up. Um, Mikey, Borough won. Derby won a couple of own goals. Uh, Derby fielding Marriott, Waghorn and Lawrence in their brilliant <laughs> front four. Um, I think I might need to admit defeat on Frank Lampard. He's actually quite good, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be, yeah. He's got some good players to work with, though, hasn't he? And that, that does help a manager, I think. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. No, but he, just, he seems to be getting the man management spot on, and that is a big part of it. Mm. Um, Amy, there's there's no way of dancing around this one. Norwich are really good. Norwich won, Brentford nil. Nine points this week. Brendia with the goal. Um, I've looked ahead. If Norwich get through the next three games, Hull, Rotherham mm. and Bolton all in a row. And no team's got two points per game. Um, could Norwich actually be in the top two by Christmas? I kind of feel like refusing to answer because <laughs> I don't want to hear the answer. You've just given me Leeds and Norwich, one after the other, the two teams that I hate the most in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I reckon playoffs, but purely because I refuse to give them probably the credit they deserve. Um, and the same with Leeds fans. I think the Norwich fans are quite shocked at how they turned it around. How could they have been so poor last year? And this good this year, it's it's weird to me. And, but And sold their best player and got better. Sometimes it works out that way. Um, Mikey, West Brom won, Blackburn won. West Brom were tearing it up. Bad week for them. Um, Blackburn, fairly sort of solid. Do you think West Brom just goal threat and they'll, they'll be back in the next coming weeks? Yeah, I think so. Although I was hearing the other day um, from somebody at work that the West Brom fans are starting to worry about Darren Moore. And whether I, he's... I, can, I can see that he might be a little bit, um, what would Harry say, street, not streetwise enough and, you know, might mm. get caught out. Yeah. yeah. They, they really should be right up there with the, the players they've got, the pace that they've got, the power that they've got and the, and the experience as well. Darren Fletcher scored, didn't he? Um, no, Darren Fletcher was starting Oh, that was Stoke. Sorry. Yeah, he did <laughs> used to play for West Brom, didn't he? But they've, West Brom have got Livermore, haven't they? Oh, God. Um, yeah, they've got some 
decent championship quality in there. They should, if they don't make the playoffs, it will be because of Darren Moore not quite being up to scratch. I think I agree with that. Um, Amy, Swansea 2, Reading 0. Um, I think that's probably quite good news for us and Reading away in a couple of weeks. Reading stay in the bottom three. Is, is, is that a team we should be really targeting? Yeah, of course we should. And, and um, the trouble is they will also be looking at us thinking, actually, when they come to us, we're, that's a three-pointer. That'll be fine. So we're not intimidating for any teams. And McCarthy was boring, but at least we intimidated people when we had him. Um, not that I think he should be back or shouldn't have been sacked. But, yeah, I, I it worries me that people will be looking us as, at us as the easy team to beat now. Um, Mikey, Birmingham are statistically the best team in the league. So um, all of those people that said we threw away a two-goal lead there, well, they've won every other game since then. So it's 14... a good point now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. 14 points in their last six games. And for... Actually, I need, to, I need to give my hypothesis on this. I think by the end of the season, 4-2-3-1 is going to start drifting off and we're going to start seeing a load more front twos. Because you know as soon as a few teams start doing it, everybody mm. else starts to follow. And... Um, Sheffield United do it and they're doing really well Birmingham, Jukovic and Adams have scored like 11 goals in in 7 games Um, are Birmingham going to be good enough to get in the playoffs or are they just waiting for their 15 point deduction and racking up as many as possible now Um, I'm going to say probably not but then I'm not really basing that on much I haven't seen I haven't seen 90 minutes of Birmingham this season so I, I can't comment with the same sort of Authority expert Nouse that you can. Then. Um, <laughs> does is expert Nouse? Does that does that work? I'm just it sort of works really words well. Together. Although it's really yeah. close to expert nonce, which is you know <laughs> regularly on YouTube, um, especially when I've just done a Millwall game. Um, and I go, what did I? What did I get? Um, I, this is beautiful when you do. You'll know about this, Amy, when you do YouTube. Um, uh, people think I'm Jewish. I don't know why. And it, <laughs> the, the comment I got was, I bet that Yid has never had any bacon or pork. I just talked about a football match. That was it. There you go. Um, Mr. Amy, Toad. <laughs> the ugliest of all the amphibians. Um, Rangers won uh, Villa nil. See, that was a good result against um, against QPR, wasn't it? Um, where, where are Villa going to end up? They're, se- they're 17th now. Can you see them picking up? I don't know. That's a bit of a weird one, that one, isn't it? Um, I think the trouble with clubs like Villa is you, you kind of expect them to be doing well. So when they're not, it just completely like, you know, kicking a dog while they're down. It's come on, you should be doing better than this. I don't know. The trouble is we've just talked about the best teams in the in the league and they don't seem to be up there with them. I, I didn't see the home game, but given that that was one of our best games so far this season, that says to me that Villa just aren't, they're not up there. They're not, they're not a Leeds this year. Um, Mikey, Bristol City nil, Stoke one. Darren Fletcher with the with the winning goal. Yeah, um, the I saw West Stoke. Brom midfielder. <laughs> I saw Stoke on Tuesday. Um, this is right up um, my street. They had Joe Allen and Ryan Woods in centre midfield. Even if you lose, just have those two just pinging it to each other, completing 150 passes a game. Um, who's going to finish higher out of Bristol City and Stoke? 11th and 13th at the moment in Bristol City's favour. Stoke. Stoke for me. They're just just on quality. Much. Yeah, they've just got more quality. I and mean, that's maybe a lazy answer. I haven't seen loads of loads of either of those either. There's, yeah, Matt, I just 
I just can't get into championship football this season for some reason. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful if you, yeah, if you just ignore I will get into it near the, the end of the season. Um, Amy, big one this one. for we, This is the sad thing. We have to start looking at these results. Bolton nil, Hull 1 is the uh, standout worrying result. So um, big win for Hull. Um, I think Bolton come into this bottom five with Reading, uh, Ipswich, Hull and Rotherham. Um, and then you look at it as well. We've already lost to Rotherham. We've already lost to Hull. Yeah, and we, and exactly. We, and we drew with... And you we know drew... what all of these all of these teams have in common? They're all a great place for a night out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, a, a whole Amy, someone we've got to look at as a big rival now. Yeah, I know it's weird to say it, isn't it? Like worst team I've seen so far this season, and we're actually not any better than them. We lost two 0 to them. Yeah, they are. I feel really bad for them. I really, I feel really bad for their fans. They're so loyal despite having a terrible, horrible owner. Um, they're going through so much, but there is a huge part of me that thinks, do you know what? The the club, the owners kind of deserve this. Um, I can, yeah, I can see them going down. They should have been the ones that we were sort of like looking back over our shoulder at trying to keep ahead of really. Having beaten them at the, um, at the KC in September. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very true. Very true. (laughs) That Um, was a terrible game. (laughs) Uh, mind you, that was every single game. So there you go, uh, Mikey. Preston won, Rotherham won. You're on the score sheet there, but um, Rotherham are Rotherham are odd. They were winning at home and losing away, and now they've just started drawing everywhere. They prefer to be winning at home. Um, you see Preston soaring away, and Rotherham coming into Ipswich Land. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, Alex Neil must have been worried about his job, but he did he did so well with them last year. And they've got momentum now, and that that can count for so much. And I think they've they've got enough quality in there to pull away. Because let's face it, the the bottom half of the championship is crap. Well, it? and also of... that bottom five is now coming adrift, isn't it? And mm. there's it's kind of like there's a there's a mini league now that Ipswich need to finish second on to a mini league of five teams that Ipswich need to finish second to um, avoid relegation. Um, excuse me. If we stay up now this season, this will be a season that we look back on with fondness and it will be a memorable one. I know. Because we're, I mean, our form between now and the end of the season is going to have to be pretty good. We're going to have to pick up some big wins along the way. Funny you should and, say that because here we go with the extrapolation. That's a seamless, uh, seamless segue, Mikey. <laughs> um, I'm, I've stopped doing points predictions because it comes out at like 25 or something ridiculous. But... Paul Lambert has 31 games. As I said, we're looking at a bottom five now of Ipswich, Hull, Reading, Rotherham and probably Bolton. So unless there's a miraculous upturn and loads of wins, we need to finish, win that little league or finish second. Um, Eight seasons out of the last 10, 46 points for survival. Let's call it 49 to add another win in there, which means Lambert needs 40 points from 31 games. 1.29. It's not... I know we're rubbish, but it's not the the biggest total in the world. But that equates to 10 wins, 10 draws and 11 defeats should, might not keep you safe. But with every passing week, that target gets bigger and bigger. Are you ready for some two little ducks? Amy, you're a a podcast debutante. Um, Let's try some two little ducks here. So um, on the pod midweek... Look in the stream for this. It was a lovely interview with former ITFC striker David Johnson. Please do check that out. Nearly two hours long 
I chatted with Jono, um, and he spoke very fondly of a goal on Sky TV away at Charlton. I thought you were going to pick this when we were talking earlier, Mikey. Um, as Ipswich chased Manchester City for second place in the old first division in 2000. So, here is your game, guys. I need as many of the starting players um, from Charlton 1, Ipswich 3, on the 29th of April 2000. So... What five games God. before Wembley? Playoffs, um, yeah. So as many of the starting 11, 29th of April 2000 as you can. You each can have a golden goose, and I'm always very. Are you googling it, Mikey? No, no, no. I'm writing. Oh. I'm writing it down. Yeah. You, you can't beat Harry from Bath's um, taking it seriously. No, no perhaps <laughs> not. For... <laughs> Who um, can? <laughs> have a little think, um, and then I'll come back to you. So you get your golden goose if it's an unnamed. Um, substitute then i'll let you away with that um sorry if it's a substitute that played um i'll let you away with that have a think also if you're listening in the car on the train running washing up painting writing philosophy um you want to go first amy yeah matt holland matt holland always a good bet for anything between 1997 and 2002 um right matt holland one uh mikey jimmy jordan Jimmy Jilton scored two. Great free kick. Amy? Richard Wright. Richard Wright, three. Uh, Mikey? Sean McGreal. Would you like to play your Golden Goose? I would like to play my Golden (laughs) Goose. That would be an excellent idea. Um, And I will play John McGreal. (laughs) Where was John McGreal? Um, Interesting. John McGreal did not not play in that game. Moving on, Amy? Uh, Trying to think of the back line. uh, Mowbray? Yeah, Tony Mowbray, four. Mikey? Jamie Clapham. Jamie Clapham was a used substitute, so you can have that one, but you're not going to get a point. Um, Amy? David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the gimme, being I told you he scored in this game. Uh, oh, Mikey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a Charlton player. The oh. goal scorer for Charlton was Hunt. I think it's Andy Hunt. Lovely stuff. I think he got 30 that season as well. Didn't yeah, he? banged them in. I think he scored three against us. Yeah, he definitely got two in the 4-2, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Lovely stuff. Um, Amy? Oh, who else was in our team that year? I've watched the film of the playoffs so many times. Um, we've had Clapham, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Who would have been with Mowbray? Oh, God, I don't know. Well, we had, we um, had, he's two, still... right, we had Can... two right backs. We had a Dutch one and one that played with a tag sometimes. Oh, hello. That was... Um, who was the guy with the tag? I'm thinking Tanner, but it's not, obviously, because no, no, no. that's way too late. No. Are we on the right lines here? Yeah, you're, you're very much on the right lines. Yeah. Oh, was... So was Adam Tanner as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was excellent, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> on the right lines, yes. Oh, you're Sorry, literally 10 that. seconds behind me. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, there's a bit of a lag here, Ben. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Come on, Shoot. give me names. Gary Is it Croft. Herman? Not yet. Gary Croft, yes. Mikey? Uh, Tony Mowbray? We already have Mowbray. Oh, sorry. Um, Jermaine Wright? You're so unlucky with this. I'm going to have to call you out on it. You picked two kind of guaranteed ones that you thought would have played. I don't know where they are. Let's go through this. Put you out of your misery. Right, Richard Wright, Tony Mowbray, Wayne Brown. Uh, Played a few games at the end of that season. Mark Venus, who is still with Tony Mowbray. Amy, when you said who was with Mowbray. 
John McGreal was injured and he came back for the playoff final and he hadn't played for ages. Really? Oh, of course, Wayne, yeah. Wayne Brown played in the semis, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Croft. Yeah. Arsene uh, Royster scored. Wilness. Probably off the bench. Royster. Magilton, Scowcroft, Johnson. Who's my all-time favourite player? Marcus Stewart. Marcus David Stewart. Johnson. Yeah, Marcus yeah. Stewart started. Um, and the Charlton teams, if you get any of these. Can, can I Can I go for a couple of Charlton players? Yeah, go for it. Richard Rufus. Yes. Graham Stewart. Yes. Mark Kinsella. Yes, this is excellent. Um, that might be me. Okay. Uh, Sasserilich. No, Dean Keeley, uh, Richard Dean Rufus, Kiley. Carl Tyler, um, Chris Powell, Steve Brown, Graham Stewart replaced by one Scott Parker, um, Mark Kinsella, John Robinson, Sean Newton, Andy Hunt, Paul Kitson replaced by um, Matthias Svensson later of Norwich City. Right. We mentioned Preston a couple of times here. Um, Harry and Rich will go into their normally brilliant detail on Friday on the preview show. Um, from my point of view, Barkhausen, Brown, Pearson, all good players. Callum Robinson has got seven goals and two assists. Preston have eight points in the past four games, although they did draw at home to Rotherham this past week. Um, we've already had one chance at beating one of the bottom sides. Couldn't beat Bolton. Amy hopes and fears for Paul Lambert's first game against Preston. Oh, I think he's got so much to do. My friend Hannah said to me on Saturday when, uh, when we met after the game, she said, um, I hope Paul Lambert's Jesus because he needs to be able to turn water into wine. And uh, I think she's summed it up and he's not going to be able to do it in a week. Um, but Preston is one we need to be winning. We have to forget all of that and we have to go out there to try and win it. Um, probably by shoring up the defence, making sure that they've got the midfield supporting them which they have done every game and just keep it to as few low um, few goals conceded as possible and practice some flipping corners in training. Mikey? I think we'll lose it though. Um, I think he'll get a point out of it in his first game. Um, I think he'll get them well drilled. Um, 1-1 I'll say. Um, but yeah, I am worried about where the goals are going to come from. We're going to have to start winning some penalties and just being a little bit more clever with the ball in and the final third. Isn't it interesting that we started this season with such hope of pressing and passing and playing out from the back and we're at 15 games and we're saying, look, just defend, keep it tight. <laughs> exactly what exactly, well, exactly what McCarthy said. Perhaps we should have been careful what we wished for. Oh, will you behave? <laughs> stop that already so you can do that in a minute when we do the sign off um brilliant stuff guys uh this week in itfc history we'll be back uh, this coming wednesday preview show on friday with my championship predictions i will be at aston villa versus bolton on friday night because i will not be at ipswich versus preston this uh coming week i'm going to miss this one um so please before my twitter gets abused there will be no youtube video after the Preston game. That's a, a warning. Now, flagship show next Sunday and we will be back. Amy, how was it for you? I was good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're very, very welcome. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, it is TractorGirlAmy8. TractorGirlAmy8. Mikey? Pleasure as always, Ben. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Sounds it. Where can um, people follow you on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Mikey underscore Smith 13. Okay, and as is custom when Mikey's on, say it. Be careful what you wish for, everyone. Goodbye.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.